0: Hello everyone and welcome to another episode of Beyond the Dais, a podcast about the stories taking place in and around El Paso County, Colorado. I'm your host, Scott Anderson. And today I am joined by Nick Susi, the government affairs coordinator for Project Angel Heart. How are you doing today, Nick?
1: Hi, Scott. I'm great. Thank you so much for having me.
0: No, it's a pleasure to have you on. I really appreciate it. Uh, So before we get started, I wanted to quickly add that if listeners are interested in more stories about people doing good in and around El Paso County or hearing from county leadership about local government priorities and how they operate, you can find additional episodes of this podcast on your podcast platform of choice. Uh, but to get into things, Nick, I was wondering if you could give us some background about yourself and how you came to be associated with Project Angel Heart.
1: Absolutely. So I joined the organization in January of 2020, um, right before the pandemic hit, and I actually started as a uh, social work intern. I was working in my master's, uh, working on my master's of social work um, at the University of Denver, and as part of that program, we are. Um, required to have an internship, and I had not heard of Project Project Angel Heart previously. I was actually uh, new to Denver from Boston, and as soon as I heard about this organization, I was like, "Oh my gosh, this this is a an organization that's part of the community, and um, is really just doing such incredible work." And I started, um, like I said, as an intern, and and very quickly fell in love with the organization. and Um, I joined the team officially as a staff member in May of 2020 um, and I started working in our client services department, taking phone calls with our clients, um, and then moved into my current role as the government affairs coordinator um, when I graduated from my program in uh, actually just just before I graduated. So I I started this role in February of
0: 2021. Wow, really cool. And I got to say, I haven't heard many stories about people getting hired at nonprofits during May of 2020. Uh, Talk (laughs) to me about how the organization was operating uh, back then.
1: Yes, I I was very fortunate. So we, um, Project Angel Heart has a staff of about about 40 people, but we rely on the support of over 8,000 volunteers each year to, um, to kind of fulfill our mission. And so when COVID hit... We had we really had to pivot. We were closing our doors to having you know volunteers come in the building, and we were having to kind of entirely shift how we were working. So instead of having volunteers come in and help us chop vegetables in the kitchen and dish up meals, uh, we were really relying on them to just deliver the meals to our clients. We're we're very excited to say that we have we never have missed a single meal delivery. Um, So throughout COVID, we continued our delivery schedule. All of our clients received their meals. Um, and that was a, you know, a really big deal when everything was shutting down and people weren't allowed out on the roads and, um, and so as a staff member at that time, we were really stepping in and filling in a lot of these volunteer roles. And so we were getting out on the line and, you know, putting on our aprons and our hats and chopping vegetables and and dishing up meals and packaging everything. And we, I think, all got a whole new appreciation for the amount of work that our volunteers do every day to kind of keep the organization running.
0: Yeah, no, that's incredible. So um, you t- you touched on it a little bit, but I was wondering if you could share some additional background about Project Angel Heart itself and what the main mission of the organization is.
1: Yeah, absolutely. So Project Angel Heart, um, it, it actually was started in the fall of 1991 when a group of neighbors took a pan of lasagna, divided it up into 12 pieces and delivered it to their friends who were living with HIV. Um, They kind of recognized the need that these folks had for, you know, a a warm kind of nutritious filling meal um, and delivered that. And um, with that one delivery, Project Angel Heart was born. And so we are an organization that prepares and delivers medically tailored meals for individuals living with severe illness. So our vision is for all Coloradans living with severe illness to have access to nutritious food that supports their health and well-being. Uh, we really believe in the, the principles of food as medicine. And so um, we are currently, we serve about 5,000 clients per year uh, delivering a uh, this year we're hoping to deliver over 770,000 meals so we grew wow. from you know a pan of lasagna that served 12 people to delivering you know thousands of meals each week
0: wow that is a lot of meals <laughs> and, and a lot of clients <laughs> <It sure is. laughs> so 5,000 clients a year 770,000 meals what what communities does that serve i know your organization is based up there in denver Uh, But obviously, you have ties to El Paso County. So can you talk to me about the communities that you guys serve?
1: We do. So we are our one of our offices and our kitchen where we prepare all of the meals is based in Denver. And then we also have an office in Colorado Springs. Um, But we deliver currently uh, to 1650 square miles across the front range. But by 2025, we are hoping to Uh, turn that number into 2,400 square miles. So we are expanding quite a bit um, geographically. Uh, We are primarily focused on home delivering um, along the Front Range. So right now we deliver in the Denver Metro area, up to Boulder and Longmont. Um, We just recently expanded up into Brighton and Fort Lupton and we're going to be uh, making it up to Fort Collins by 2025. And then, of course, we serve El Paso County, Colorado Springs, Fountain. And uh, last winter, we expanded down into Pueblo as well. So now we serve Pueblo and Pueblo West and are looking forward to expanding more in those areas as well.
0: Yeah, that's that's incredible. How do you guys uh, how does the organization look at expansion and like how do you move into new communities, I guess you would say?
1: It, you know it's a it's a very thoughtful process. So when we're looking at where we're going to expand next, we're really focused on on where where is the most need. Um, our Our team is wonderful and and does a lot of needs assessments in terms of looking at, you know the prevalence of different diagnoses that we serve in different parts of the of the state. Um, we also look at where we've heard a lot of, um, a lot of requests you know we have a a client services team who talks to medical providers and clients every day and so they hear a lot from communities that we're not currently in that you know a service like this would be incredibly helpful if we were to to start serving that area so we're we're trying to kind of look at the data and then also uh, be responsive to the community need and when we identify an area that we would that we would like to grow and expand into long before we actually start serving clients there we we start building relationships with the community so we start attending you know different community meetings and getting to know elected officials in the area talking to different hospitals and doctors um and 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 just kind of hearing uh kind of what they're looking for so that when we do come into the community we're we're kind of ready to respond appropriately
0: yeah, no, I, I'd imagine that pays huge dividends in the long run, like before going into a community, having that sort of connection with them. Uh, so I guess maybe expand on on that a little bit. Can you talk about how important it is for uh, Project Angel Heart to be viewed as an organization within a community that people can turn to in their time of need?
1: Right. So it's, it's incredibly important for us to be seen as really, as part of the community. You know, we're a Colorado-based organization. Um, we were started by, you know, residents of Denver, and um, we, we've we stayed really close to our roots. So, while we've expanded quite a bit in terms of, you know, the the quantity of the meals we're providing, and uh, the diagnoses we're serving, and the the areas that we're delivering to, uh, we really try to stay close to our roots. And so, a, a lot of the time, I think there's this, this idea that, You know receiving food is is charity you know folks think you know if if i'm taking food from this organization it it means that i can't prepare food for myself and you know i i a lot of the the number of times we hear from our clients that they feel that the these meals should be going to someone else who you know deserves it more Mm -hmm. we hear that a lot yeah and what we're trying to really focus on is the fact that you know food is medicine and, and people show love and support through food. It's, it's such a personal thing to people, people. And so I, I think that's the part that we're really trying to capture is this combination of like, you know, food is love and we want to provide love to people while, while they're going through these kind of challenging diagnoses. And at the same time, food is also medicine. And so, you know, just like your if your doctor were to prescribe you a medication that you would pick up at the pharmacy, this is very similar. Mm-hmm. You know, folks are receiving meals that are very specifically tailored to the, the needs that they have medically. And, um, and so it's kind of important to have that balance between the the two sides there.
0: Yeah. Yeah, no, I like that. Thank you. Uh, so (laughs) after submitting your grant request to El Paso County, project angel heart was awarded $50,000 of ARPA funding. Uh, Can you talk about what specifically that money has gone to fund?
1: Yes, we were very grateful to receive the funding from El Paso County. Um, And with with that $50,000, we were able to serve El Paso County residents who were living with uh, severe illness, including uh, cancer, heart failure, COPD, kidney, lung, heart disease. Um, And we ended up serving 546 neighbors in El Paso County, uh, a total of 50,885 medically tailored meals. And these meals, um, you know, we have a team of professional chefs who are cooking these meals from scratch in-house every day. So they're using fresh ingredients, uh, locally sourced, organic meat whenever possible. And each of the meals that they're creating can be differentiated in over 200 different ways. So we can adjust things like, you know, if somebody needs a diet that's lower in vitamin K because of a medication they're that they're taking, mm-hmm. we're able to accommodate that. If somebody has dentition issues or maybe difficulty cutting up a, a piece of protein, we will go ahead and cook it so that it's fork tender and a lot easier for them to chew and swallow. Um, and all of these different modifications uh, can can really just make such a difference for a client who would maybe not otherwise have food that would be medically appropriate for it, for their needs. Yeah. Um, so each of those clients received, you know. Uh, medically tailored meals for as long as they need them and, and qualified based off of their medical diagnosis. And then in addition to that, this funding also helps support uh, nutrition, education, and counseling for these individuals. So we have a team of registered dietitians who um, oversee the production of all of our meals to make sure that, you know, they're they're healthy and medically appropriate. But they also connect with our clients one-on-one and in group settings to make sure that our clients uh you know have any questions related to diet or nutrition answered and and kind of do a little bit of counseling around that too so you know if they stop receiving our meals and they go to the grocery store and start shopping for themselves you know they have an idea of what to look for to make sure that they're they're going to stay healthy
0: yeah yeah and that kind of talked to answered a little bit of the question i had uh Following up on that. So what is that process like for finding out the needs of those people you're preparing the meals for? Is there, like when they initially get started, do you have kind of a talking a talking session with them to determine, you know, what, you know, medical uh, concerns there are and maybe uh, different preferences they might have? Like, what does that look like?
1: So when a client is, is signed up for our services, they're typically being referred by their medical provider. So their doctor, nurse, social worker, dietitian, they are recognizing a need that this client has. And then they contact us and they submit a brief application that gives us a little bit of background information about the client's health history and the current diagnoses that they're living with. Mm -hmm. So that gives us a starting point to understand uh, kind of where our clients are coming from and and gives us an idea of what type of diet they might be a good fit for. And then on top of that, when our clients um, are, are being signed up for our services, our client services team will call them and have, you know, a 10 to 15 minute conversation, you know, verifying their basic information and letting them know about our service, but also trying to get a bit more information about, you know, if, if they have any preferences. Maybe they don't, they don't like eating fish. That's not something that their medical provider might tell us, but that's something that matters to us because we want to make sure the meals that we're sending to our clients are something that they can actually enjoy and are right. going to eat. Yeah. So we we take information from both sides to get them set up on that program. And then uh, from there we we just start delivering meals. So they'll they'll receive weekly deliveries of between seven to fourteen entrees. And those are delivered right to their door Um, and the reason we deliver them frozen is because we really want our clients to have the the flexibility and independence and autonomy to decide what they want to eat and when Mm -hmm. so we're not showing up at you know one o'clock saying all right here's a you know plate of spaghetti and you have an hour to eat this we really want them to have (laughs) you know be able to go to their freezer and say i'm in the mood for chicken today and, and that's what i'm gonna have yeah
0: no, no, that's great. Uh, so how has working with other organizations in the area benefited the programs that you guys are working on there, Project Angel Heart?
1: So the work we do, it would it would not be possible without the community. So um, community partnerships help us reach a lot of Coloradans who are in need of this nutritional support. Um, so, you know, like I mentioned, we are working with with different medical providers, hospitals, dialysis clinics, um, community health centers, to identify clients who who need our, our services. And then vice versa, we're also referring a lot of our, a lot of our clients to other programs. So, you know, maybe we are serving a client who was living with a cancer diagnosis and now they're in remission. So they don't necessarily need uh, a diet that's tailored to their diagnosis anymore, but mm-hmm. maybe they're still food insecure. So we might connect with other organizations in the community who address food insecurity as uh, kind of as their primary focus to help our clients um, kind of transition off of our services, or just access other resources that we that that they need. So because we are kind of a, a trusted provider in the community and our clients, um, you know, we get to know them pretty well, and so they they feel comfortable sharing with us if you know maybe they're a little bit behind on rent payments or um you know they're looking for a support group to mm. to help them kind of process something that they've gone through recently it, it's really important that we have those community partnerships to know where we can refer them to make sure that they're getting kind of this this well-rounded support.
0: Yeah and I I think it's so important to highlight. So how do you guys become that trusted partner, not just with the community, but with the individuals that you're serving? How do you become trusted enough for them to, you know, share that kind of stuff with you? Like, yeah, you know what, I am going to need to help with rent payments. I am going to need, you know, uh, have some food insecurity that's going to need to be addressed after our services with you are done. Like, how do you become trusted by individuals like that?
1: It's a great question. And, and this is where I have to brag a little bit about our team. <laughs> yes, please. Um, <laughs> we, <laughs> we have such an incredible group of people who work at Project Angel Heart. I mean, I could not say enough good things about each person on our staff. And the dedication that they put into connecting with our clients, making sure that, you know, when we say we're going to provide a service, we really follow through. Um, We have have teams of people who are focused on making sure that deliveries go out on time to the correct person. And, you know, all of our meals are delivered by a, a Friendly, smiling volunteer or staff member to just make sure that our clients feel really cared about and loved. Um, as I mentioned, I think the the consistency really helps. The fact that we were able to get through uh, COVID without missing a single delivery to our clients they they felt like they could really rely on us and, and trust us. Um, you know, I remember it was kind of all hands on deck during during the pandemic, and I was out delivering quite a bit myself. And I would show up at at clients' doors, and they would almost look surprised that I was there, even yeah. though I was there during their regular delivery window. There was a part of them that I think they they didn't expect us to keep showing up. Yeah, um but we were there with our, you know, our masks and our face shields and our gloves, just making sure that <laughs> our clients knew that they could they could really count on us,
0: yeah. I mean, I, you know, I wasn't in need of meal delivery at the time. But, you know, seeing, a face of another person, especially during that, you know, from like March to gosh, June or July, it was pretty rare, honestly. So yeah, like I can, I can tell that that connection, uh, being able to still make that connection during that time, I'm sure meant a lot. Um, that that's really great. Uh, so I was wondering if there was a personal story that you can share, uh, to just kind of help demonstrate the work that the organization does.
1: Yeah, you know, I was I was just thinking of one of our clients recently. Um, we serve a, a client, and, you know, she gave us permission to share her name. Her name is Maria. Um, and she's been receiving meals from us for about a year now. She was diagnosed with multiple sclerosis when she was in her 20s, um, and now she's in her mid-50s. Oh, and wow. so as she's, yeah, as, as she's uh, gotten older, she's been experiencing more symptoms, kind of related to her diagnosis, it's really difficult for her to complete kind of activities of daily life that we take for granted, like mm-hmm. grocery shopping and preparing meals. Yeah. Um. And so when she was first referred to our program last year, she, she shared with us that she was really just eating things that were convenient. You know, she would go to the grocery store and pick up, you know, heavily processed TV dinners and just anything that she felt she could pop in the microwave and, and throw together very quickly and easily. Sure. But a lot of the time, those meals would end up making her feel a lot more sick and tired than she was before. So she wasn't super motivated to keep eating them. Um, So when she signed up with Project Angel Heart, she opted into our our vegetarian diet. And then we also modified that to remove gluten, which um, kind of would help reduce the inflammation that she was experiencing in her body. Mm -hmm. Um, And she has talked to us that about how, you know, the meals are helping her feel physically better. Um, but it's also been really exciting for her to to try different foods and, you know, kind of explore different uh, creative menu items. And on, on top of that, she said the meals have helped her financially as well. So a lot of the treatments that she's undergoing and medications she's taking are very, very expensive. And so sometimes she would really have to be choosing between paying for For food and groceries or paying for medications that she needed. And so for us to be able to deliver these meals to her free of charge, as we do with all of our clients, um, she did not have to choose between, you know, nutrition and and other basic needs. Yeah. And, you know, you, you can just tell when you talk to our clients at the beginning of service, there's a lot of anxiety kind of they're they're not sure if what we're talking about is really going to happen, that we're really going to show up every week with these with these free, delicious meals. Um, but after they receive a couple deliveries, they you you can just kind of hear the relief in their voices and and folks are just, you know, really grateful that they can have access to this, you know, delicious and nutritious food. And um we we could not do that without support from the community and uh, kind of going back to El Paso County as well. We we really appreciate this funding because it allows us to serve people like Maria. Yeah.
0: No, that, that that's great. And it's like, what is, what does that do for you? Like seeing outcomes like that, what does that do for you personally? Like seeing someone like Maria be able to, you know, receive those meals and, you know, because of that, she's also able to take care of her medical needs. Like what do those outcomes mean for you personally?
1: Um, you know personally it's it's incredibly heartwarming of course but i i think we we all know someone who's been impacted by a severe illness or or maybe we have you know or we can even relate to you know if we've gotten a bad bout of the flu and we were just feeling too sick to get out of bed and yeah. and cook <laughs> yeah. i mean like i mentioned before food is just so personal and to be able to connect with people, kind of on this on this very basic level, and show them love and support through nutritious meals, um, it's just it's something really special. And so I think in each one of our clients, a lot of us are seeing friends and family and people who we love, and it just it feels really good to be able to support the community in this way. Um, and I think a a lot of the time it's it, it's really leading to a stronger community in the end. Many of our clients end up wanting to give back um, through our program. So you know, we have clients who might become volunteers and come into our kitchen and help us chop vegetables when they when their health improves. Um, or maybe so I, I haven't mentioned this yet, but one really neat aspect about our program is that all of our meals are delivered in hand decorated meal bags. So <laughs> that's fine. Every single one of the 1,800 <laughs> bags that leave our building each each week, have a drawing on them some by you know kindergarten classrooms and Mm -hmm. some by professional artists that are you know absolutely gorgeous and a lot of our clients end up decorating bags for us because they they felt the support and the love that they got um from receiving those bags and they want to pass that on to others so Mm -hmm. it's kind of this this wonderful um like connection to a, a bigger community which is something that sometimes you you lose when you're when you feel like you're kind of struggling with an, uh, an illness on your own.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, that, that's, that's really cool. Uh, so for those who may be seeking those services, uh, I know you mentioned that sometimes they're done through a referral from, you know, medical services, things like that, but how can people go about obtaining those services from, uh, Project Angel Heart if they feel they need them?
1: So anybody who's interested in receiving, um, you know, free home delivered medically tailored meals from Project Angel Heart, um, the best place to start is actually on our website, or by calling our client services team. So if you go to ProjectAngelHeart.org, which I know you're going to link for listeners as well. Yes, I will. <laughs> um, they can access an application that they can um, they can bring to their medical provider, or they can they can fill out themselves and have their medical provider sign. Basically, it's it's just a two-page application that helps us get some basic information about them um, to help us get their services started. We're also happy to help. Um, kind of support that process. So um, individuals who are interested in receiving our meals can also call our client services team directly. The phone number is 303-830-0202. And they can press option one and then option two to speak with a member of our client services team. And they can either mail an application directly to folks' homes They can fax an application to their medical provider, um, basically do whatever is needed to facilitate that process of of getting folks signed up for our services.
0: Awesome. Very good. And then if there are people listening that think, oh, man, this is really cool, I want to decorate bags or I want to deliver some meals and and they want to be a part of this, uh, how can they best go about uh, volunteering with Project Angel Heart?
1: We would love for anybody to get involved as a volunteer with Project Angel Heart. Like I said, um, we we literally could not fulfill our mission without the support of volunteers. And so if folks are interested, we have a role for absolutely everyone, whether you wanna deliver meals, if you wanna come into the kitchen and help you know, chop vegetables, if you want to help with our distribution process, kind of sorting bags to make sure they get to the right place, or if, or if you wanna decorate meal bags that um, our clients receive their deliveries in. Um, Kind of the same process. You can check out our website. We have all of our volunteer positions listed online. So you can look at the different descriptions and find the one that's the best fit for you. Um, Or you can give us a call, that same phone number. um, That'll help connect you to our volunteer resources department. And uh, the wonderful team there would be happy to find a position that would be a good fit for you.
0: All right. Yeah. So we're getting near the end here. And so I just wanted to ask is there anything else that you want to add that you feel we haven't really been able to touch on yet in the conversation?
1: So we talked about, you know, how folks can receive meals and how people can get involved from a volunteer perspective. Um, But of course, I I should also mention that if folks are interested in donating to Project Angel Heart, there are a number of ways that you can get involved in that way as well. Um, One very exciting opportunity we have coming up is our um, cookie donation uh, fundraiser where I'm sorry, this has
0: me extremely intrigued. You said cookie dough (laughs) and my ears automatically perked up.
1: Yes, cookie donations. So our executive sous chef, Summer, has a top secret chocolate chip cookie recipe.
0: Oh my gosh. That she's
1: been making for years. And when I say top secret, I mean this this recipe is heavily guarded. Nobody has access to it. None of our volunteers, our staff. We have We've been trying to get it out of her for a long time. And I, I heard Nestle no
0: Tollhouse has been poking around and you've been pushing them away.
1: <laughs> it, you know, those cookies don't even come close to what, what summer can create. And oh so gosh. this year um, we are going to be celebrating our, uh, the, d- the delivery of our 10 millionth meal. And oh, to wow. kind of support that celebration, we are going to be selling our sous chef summer's cookie dough. So uh, for a $30 donation, you are able to purchase a box of the cookie dough and you can take that home and you can make the cookies or um, if you're anything like me, you can just go right to town on the cookie dough. Yes,
0: <laughs> yes. <laughs>
1: um, so there will be more information coming soon about that, but um, that's kind of a fun way to get involved if, if you're interested in supporting and you know, getting some delicious cookies out of it too. I was
0: gonna say, if nothing else, I'm at least interested in the cookie dough. So we may have to talk there a little go. bit after we're done here. Um, <laughs> no, that, that's that's great. Thank you for sharing that. And uh, thank you, Nick, for taking the time today. Uh, I appreciate you being here and for all the work that you guys do there at Project Angel, Angel Heart. So thanks for uh, coming on.
1: Great. Thank you so much, Scott. And um, thank you again to the, the folks in El Paso County who supported us in this way. And uh, we look forward to continuing to serve the community.
0: Awesome. Uh, Well, if you're interested in listening to additional episodes of Beyond the Dais, be sure to look for us on Podbean or wherever you get your podcasts. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time.